You are listening to Blue Notes, your premier destination for news and analysis on financial services, the economy, technology, and thought leadership. Hi, I'm Jackie Kalman from ANZ, and I'm here today with Christy Duncan, CEO and founder of Women in Payments. Hi, Christy. So delighted to be here, Jackie. It is great to have you. So Christy founded Women in Payments in 2012 in Canada with a vision of gender parity for the payments industry. It's now a global organization with chapters in North America, EMEA, ASEAN, Australia, and Latin regions. So Christy, for our listeners who don't know, can you tell us about Women in Payments and what it means to you, your own career journey that led you to establish this incredible global community? Uh, Thanks for that question, Jackie. I am so delighted to be here and talk about this. Women in Payments is very near and dear to my heart. I tell people that I'm an engineer by training, a banker by trade, and a payments geek by nature. And I had a career at a big green bank in Canada and then consulted in the market for a number of years and found that women didn't have in many times opportunities like men did. And so I wanted to create a space, a platform, a safe space for women to get up and speak, to build their industry profiles, to build their networks, to build their confidence, and to get some recognition that they might not otherwise get. So I created Women in Payments back in 2012 in Toronto and was hoping to get five sponsors and 50 women in the room to talk about payments for the, like the geek I am. And we actually got 10 sponsors and 162 participants. So we've built the organization around the world over the years and have really built a community of women to support each other and to learn, to network, and to talk about payments. And so reflecting on the transformation of women's roles in the industry during your career, which spans some years, um, what notable changes have you observed, and particularly in the evolution of diversity and inclusion? It's a great question, because back in 2012, there was no such thing as ERGs and BRGs and DEI and ESG. None of those acronyms existed. And I felt very much like a lone voice in the wind as as a woman. There were um, women were few and far between, certainly at leadership levels. And so we've come a long way and we've built some really good positive momentum to recognize the importance of having diversity of all strands at our leadership levels and across our organizations. We also have realized that in order to get to where we want to be on that diversity strategy, we need to have policies. We need to have a positive um, initiative mandate from senior management to actually make that happen. We also have an opportunity to address things like work-life balance. I think it was Gail Kelly back uh, a few years ago who said we need to fix the industry, not the women in terms of work-life balance and making our industry, financial services in particular, um, more friendly to women and the fact that we as women often, not always, but often juggle a lot of the, the family responsibilities as well as work outside the home. So lots of opportunity to help get more diversity at our leadership levels and 
also to address things that might have been an elephant in the room, like the, the gender pay gap. And the gender pay gap is the difference between the average take-home pay of a woman versus the average take-home pay of a man. And it's not the same as equal pay for work of equal value, but it is still important. And the Australia Workplace Gender Equality Agency has some great statistics that talk about the gender pay gap in Australia, and they also break it down by industry. So looking at the financial and insurance services industry in particular, our gender pay gap in 2015 was 37.5%. In 2019, it improved to 32%. In 2022, the last stat that, that's available, it's improved to 28.6%. So we've made some good progress, but we still have opportunities to, to improve. Are there any sort of remarkable accomplishments or impactful contributions that that obviously there are many, but that stand out for you that have been made by women in the finance industry over the last decade? Oh, great question. And I think we've got such a great story to tell. The story's not over. But you look at some of the most amazing women in this industry. You know, one of my personal heroes is Christine Lagarde, you know, at a global level. Uh, Jane Frazier, now CEO of Citibank. Um, Alison Rose in the UK, uh, former CEO of NatWest. But here in, in Australia, we've done some great work as well. We've got Marnie Baker, CEO of Bendigo and Adelaide Bank. We've got Corinna Davison, who's heading up Amex in Australia. We've got Shamara, and I will not try to pronounce her last name, CEO of Macquarie. So we're making some really fantastic product uh, progress. But we're also getting more women into leadership roles, you know, at the next level, the, the SVP, the exco level, the uh, senior director and, and director level. And what's so fantastic about that is that they bring other women up with them. And they help to increase our employee engagement because you can't be what you can't see. And if I'm in an organization where there's no women in the top, which is like when I was at um, the bank in, in Canada, I wasn't motivated because I thought, well, clearly women's voices aren't valued and aren't appreciated at that level, so I'm, I don't have opportunity here to advance. But having women and other strands of diversity in our leadership levels really helps us to, to improve our employee engagement, to help us with our retention, also to help us um, with our hiring because you don't want to go to an organization that doesn't have, you know, a good, strong, diverse leadership. But it also helps us to increase our innovation levels. There are studies that show that women with more, that organizations with more women at leadership levels file more patents. And there's studies to show that organizations with more people, uh, women in leadership levels, have higher ROIs. So there's lots of reasons to do this. We just now need to figure out how. It's beyond the why, it's now focusing on how. That is a great question, Christy, how. And you know, could you talk a little bit about how you've seen that work, how you've seen women bring other women up, but also you know, how do we not go too far the other way? And what do we say to people who say, well, she got that role because she's a woman? When I was in the UK, they published a report, did a study and published a report, this is back in 2016, called Empowering Productivity 
harnessing the talents of women in financial services. To make a long story short, they, they had three broad recommendations. One was they invited financial services organizations across the UK to develop and publish a gender diversity strategy and to include where they were in their strategy and to and to publicly declare targets for where they wanted to be in the coming years and to update their progress towards those targets. Secondly, the recommendation was to appoint a senior executive to be responsible for the success of driving that strategy. And that executive should be from a line of business, not from an admin function. So that had some good teeth. And thirdly, they recommended that the compensation of the senior management be tied in some way to the success of the gender strategy. So I thought that was a really good benchmark against which we can all measure our progress to gender diversity. But to answer your question about women feeling like they're just being promoted to tick a box, and I've heard that many times, but I've also heard about women who feel that way, but then they get into the role and they flourish. And we don't worry about promoting men who might not be completely qualified on paper to a new role because we have confidence that they can learn and build the the, the skills needed to actually be successful in those roles. Why do we doubt that women can't do the same? So I would argue that women can, and we do, and women are very versatile, they're very bright, they're accomplished, and we need to have more confidence in all of the women that we promote and have on our teams, because there's so much, so much potential there. So in closing, what nuggets of wisdom would you impart to emerging leaders uh, or those considering a career in payments? If only I'd known these when I was so young in my career. Uh, the first one I would say, Jackie, is be the CEO of your own career. I used to think that if I sit in the corner and do a really good job that someone's going to notice and someone's going to come along and give me a fantastic promotion. And It took me a long time, too long, to realize that's not really reality. It doesn't really work that way. And so we need to think about, you know, what job might we be interested in as our next career move? And how do we get that job? And go and research and and figure out, you know, what are the qualifications for those jobs? So really take your own career development and your own career path into your own hands and go into a direction that you think is going to be really interesting and and challenging. I've come to the realization that we make our own luck. And we do that by building a positive track record, by building a positive personal brand, by delivering, by learning, always being curious and and wanting to learn and build um, our, our toolkit, if you will. Together with that is building your network. And we can learn so much from our network, and we can help other people learn as well, but we can also find opportunities through our network, and we can help other people find opportunities. And it's not just about finding that next job. It could be finding about, oh, who do I talk to about blockchain? I wanted to learn more about that. Or I'm looking to hire. You know, oh, there was some great young woman I, I chatted with over coffee last month who would be fantastic for this role. So that network can really help us to um, build our careers in different ways. 
the last thing I'd say is manage your reputation. A reputation can take years to build and seconds to destroy. And by having a good reputation, it all dovetails into making your own luck and opening up doors for you in your career. Great, thank you. Some really great words of wisdom that really resonate. So thank you so much for your time today, Christy. It is such a pleasure to hear from you. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.